and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this sixth Sunday in the season of, second Sunday in the season of Advent is taken from the third chapter of Luke's Gospel. Listen again to a portion of verses 2 and 3. And the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So far, our text. So, you want to go to Bethlehem, do you? Well, that's the general idea, isn't it, during this time of year? the annual pilgrimage, the annual trip, the every year search for Christmas and a baby boy named Jesus. Well, you might not recognize it, but there are several roads upon which you may travel with Bethlehem as your goal. And all of them lead in the direction of Bethlehem, but there's only one road that will actually take you there. And that collection of roads is just like the game that I found on the back of my Captain Crunch box this morning. It was one of those maze games. Yes, I like Captain Crunch. It was one of those maze games, Find the Captain. And there were four or five false paths leading into the maze. And those paths all ended up at a Crunchberry dead end. Only one path was true. Only one path actually led me to my favorite breakfast, Buccaneer. So, you want to go to Bethlehem, do you? Well, it's time for you to decide then which road you will take. And lots of people decide to travel upon the retail road. And over the years, this retail throughway has been modified and improved, widened and repaved into a multi-laned internet avenue which places every store in the civilized world in the palm of your iPhone-shaped hand. And every year you are encouraged to invest in the U.S. and Chinese gross national product earlier and earlier, thus making it possible to purchase your Halloween candy and Christmas decorations at the same time. Sure is convenient a convenient way to travel this retail road. But the retail road doesn't lead to Bethlehem. Never has, never will. This road only leads to your credit card statement when it comes in January. And yet there are folks who will choose a second path as they search for Bethlehem this year. And that road is called the Norman Rockwell Road. And people who head down this path, they're more on a quest than they are a journey. They're searching for something. They're searching for that perfect Christmas. It's, it's an emotional thing, you know, kind of a, uh, a state of mind. And so they find it nece necessary to make lots of stops along the way. 
They stop to decorate because the outside and the inside of their home must be just so. They stop at the post office to mail out those Christmas cards. They stop at the mall for the perfect uh, Christmas outfit. They pause at Pandora to stream just the right holiday sounds. They stop for the Christmas party and the Christmas dinner too, but somehow they never manage to make it all the way to Bethlehem. Too many stops, and the babe from heaven is long gone before they get there. So, you want to go to Bethlehem, do you? Well, there's one more road that you can try. Now, it's not on Google Maps. It's a road less traveled, you might say. It's not very fancy, and, and some would say it's difficult to navigate. This road is called the wilderness road, and it requires you to make a stop in the desert along the way because that's where John the Baptist lives, and only John can give you directions to Bethlehem. Thing is, though, most people would rather not include John the Baptist on their Christmas itinerary, and that's really true. You're not going to find John the Baptist on Christmas cards, will you? or Christmas tree ornaments, and he's missing from every nativity scene ever made. Your child never played John the Baptist in the children's Christmas program, because I think John is just too untidy, you know, wandering around the wilderness in that camel hair shirt of his, too loud, too boisterous, too opinionated, too stubborn. And all of that is true, I suppose, but it doesn't matter because you're stuck. You're stuck. If you want to find that manger in two weeks, only John can point you in the right direction. About a week ago, Mary Ellen and I got up on the crack of Thanksgiving Day and we drove down to the cities. My son Brett and his wife had just moved there from uh, Chicago, and we hadn't visited their, their new home yet, nor had we seen the, the, the brand spanking new grandson uh, of mine. And in the old days, we would have used maps to plan out our travel route. Remember that those days when you actually had to sit down with maps and then write down your, your directions? Well, these days, what do you do, though? You just punch the address into Google Maps, and the car just about drives there uh, all by itself. Do they even make atlases anymore? Do they? I'll bet you my new grandson will never, ever use one. Well, you can think of John the Baptist as being a 2,000-year-old Google map. I mean, just type in your Bethlehem destination, and not only will John give you the directions to Christmas, he will also use just one word. His directions, one word. And that word is repent. Well, I know you hear this word every December, don't you? But do you really know what it means? Back in ancient times, whenever a king would come to visit a town, it meant road repair. Because no monarch's palatial posterior should suffer the indignity of a rough ride. 
And so the citizens would work overtime filling in the potholes on all the roads leading to their town and all the streets. And that's exactly what Isaiah has in mind when he advises preparing for God's Messiah with these words in our gospel lesson, 600 years before Christ came, Isaiah said, every valley must be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the crooked shall become straight, rough places shall become level waste. If you want to find Jesus this Christmas, you need to repent, and repentance begins with taking an honest, and sincere look at the road of your life. It's covered with potholes, isn't it? My road is too, pockmarked with bad habits and good intentions that never seem to bear any fruit. You know, too many would've, could've, should'ves, landmined with every way that you've made God sad or, or angry or disappointed. Honeycomb that road is with pockets of shame and guilt. Oh, you take the time and you look at your road and you look at your life and you acknowledge your potholes. You own them. And then you ask God to do something for you. And, it, and it's something so simple. And yet too many people find it so incredibly difficult. God, you say, my God, I am so very sorry. Please forgive me. And God will. Again, so simple, so easy, so powerful. God will forgive you, but not for your sake, because you're nothing special, and neither am I. Not for his sake either, but always and only for the sake of that child who waits in the manger. God will fill the sinful craters in your life's path with the love and the blood of his son. He will cover sin's damage with the wounded body of that same son. He will fill in all of your life's lowest moments with Christ's sacrifice upon the cross. He will tra uh, traverse the deepest valleys in your past with that same cross on Calvary's hill. And you will be forgiven by God's grace through faith in that child found uh, in the manger, and then there will be nothing, absolutely nothing, that can stand in your way and prevent you from making it to Bethlehem this Christmas. Repent. You look at your life. You own the potholes. You ask God to forgive you. He will. But then you do something else, and this is part of repentance too. It's the part most people forget about. You also ask God to give you the drive, give you the determination, give you the will, give you the power and the strength to live your life differently. There once was a man who had been a slob for most of his life. He just couldn't comprehend the logic of neatness. Why make the bed if you're going to sleep in it the next night? Why put the lid on the toothpaste if you're going to take it off again in the morning? He admitted to be compulsively messy. Then he got married. And at first his wife was patient. She said she didn't mind his habits 
if he didn't mind sleeping on the couch. Well, he did mind sleeping on the couch, so he began to change. He enrolled in a 12-step program for slobs, and soon he was picking up after himself and hanging up his shirts and replacing the toilet paper on the holder. But then came the moment of truth when his wife went on a week's vacation on her own. And at first, he reverted back to his own ways. He figured he could be a slob for six days and clean up on the seventh. But something strange happened. He found that he could no longer relax amid dirty dishes or, or uh, towels flung on the bathroom floor. And so he cleaned everything up. Well, what on earth had happened to him? Simple. He had been exposed to a higher standard of living. And that's exactly what experiencing repentance and God's forgiveness does to you. It changes the way you live your life because no longer do you just live for you. When you're forgiven, you begin to live for someone else. So you want to go to Bethlehem, do you? Well, there's more than one road. I mean, you can try to navigate that retail road or the Norman Rockwell Road, but they don't lead to where Jesus is. No, during this Advent season, take the wilderness road. Find John the Baptist. Listen to his directions. Repent. Let God fill up your sinful valleys with Jesus, and then go find that Christ child because the babe in the manger will change your life. So, you want to go to Bethlehem, do you? Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.